Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome. This is Joe Franta, Joseph Franta Ministries, and uh, we are talking today about the dynamics of prayer. Uh, We're going to start a new series today, and uh, it's going to be really insightful, it's going to be powerful, and it's going to equip you for the days ahead, and it is going to show you the greatness and the power of prayer. So let's get right into the Word. Today I'm going to cover a few of these areas. Uh, There's five, actually. It is the importance of prayer is the uh, the first message. The second message is the Uh, equipping a prayer. Third message is the power of prayer. Fourth message is the accomplishment of prayer. And so we're going to go through these and uh, and add a few others uh, as we go along, but you're going to see the importance and the power and the communion and the equipping and the accomplishment of prayer in that order. And you're going to also understand that when you pray, it has far-reaching ramifications, not only in your personal life, but in the lives of others, your family, your friends, your city, your state, your nation. So I'm going to start with a passage of Scripture in Luke 18, verse 1, and go to verse 8, and Jesus is speaking here, and this is what he says. He says, And he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So this is the remedy for discouragement, depression, hopelessness, is prayer. Believing prayer. And it says here that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying there was in a city a judge who feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary, or protect me from my opponent. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. So this lady was persevering and very persistent with this judge. And she wasn't going to give up until she got the answer uh, that she was looking for, which was protection from her opponent. And the Lord said in verse 6, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. So that word uh, avenge there is vindicate. So our prayers are vindicated by God himself. And as we 
lift our prayers to the Lord in faith, simple faith. God hears and God answers and God vindicates us or, you know, answers us with justification. In other words, clears us of the problem, delivers us from the issue, rescues us from the trouble or the difficulty, and brings us into a place of victory every single time when we pray in faith. This is a powerful passage. This is about the importance of prayer. Now I'm gonna uh, turn now to Ephesians chapter six, and in this passage uh, is a great, it's kind of the conclusion of the entire book of Ephesians, and uh, Paul's talking about putting on the armor of God. He's talking about being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And, uh, you know, if, if you look at this whole passage of Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, uh, it talks about the armor of God, but then the last verse here, 18, kind of sums it all up. The armor of God is the armor you put on when you pray. It's prayer armor. And uh, let's go into this in Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Well, how can you do that? It's prayer. It's prayer that makes you strong. Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul said in this very book, uh, chapter 3 of Ephesians, that you would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. He mentions that in Colossians 1, 2. And that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. So there is a key here to accessing the power of God and to walking in the victory of the Lord. Here he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Well, what is the power of his might? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. And of course, the Holy Spirit is within you as a believer. And as you pray, you're releasing the power of the Holy Spirit within you to strengthen you with all power according to his glorious might. Colossians chapter one, verses nine through 12 says, verse 11, put on the whole armor or the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil or the wiles of the devil. Well, certainly we have an adversary. Peter said, be sober, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but resist him firm in your faith knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And after you have suffered for a little, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, shall himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That sounds pretty good to me. God perfecting us confirming us, strengthening us, and establishing us in him to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And now uh, in Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Believe it or not, 
Your opponents are not people. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There are four uh, you know, levels of resistance or opposition to the Christian mentioned here. The rulers of the darkness. The principalities. Spiritual wickedness in high places. So all of these are demonic powers that are arrayed against us, but that Christ already has conquered through his death, burial, and resurrection. And yes, Christ has conquered the devil and all of his evil spirits. However, we've got to learn how to enforce it through prayer, faith, and by exercising our authority as a believer in Christ. And we'll get into that in this series. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. This is spiritual prayer armor. He says, put it on. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand or resist in the evil day. Certainly, we're living in that today, the evil day. And having done everything to stand, stand therefore. So we are in a position of standing in faith, in prayer, until we see God's victory manifest and we see the answers to our prayers. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins or waist girt about with the truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness that you understand that through Christ and through his death, burial and resurrection, you have been made the righteousness of God in him. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, he made him who knew no sin, Christ, become sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So the great exchange, Jesus took our sins and in exchange gave us the gift of his righteousness, which is perfect standing with God. Justification from all of our sins, forgiveness. Therefore, having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist or loins about with the truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, that covers your heart, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Understand what the gospel is. It's salvation. It's redemption. It's deliverance from the domain of darkness. For he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. We're no longer part of the domain of darkness or the authority of darkness, but we've, we have been transferred into the kingdom, the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus Christ. 16, above all, 
This is very important. Of all the pieces of armor, Paul says, above all, taking the shield of faith or lifting up the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery missiles, it says in the New American Standard Bible, of the evil one. The devil is firing his missiles at us, the accuser of the brethren. He is called, in the New Testament, he is called the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And in the book of Revelation, he's called the destroyer, the deceiver. And of course, he has, you know, in the book of Genesis, he's called the serpent. Jesus said, behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall in any way injure you. We are over the devil in Christ because we've been raised up with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly places, Ephesians 2.6. So we're not under the devil's authority or we're not subject to his authority and we're certainly not under his domain. We're transferred into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. And we're no longer darkness, but the Bible says that we are sons of light. We are of the day and not of the night. Okay, Above all, taking up the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts or missiles of the evil one. I don't care what strategy he has devised against you. The Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17 that no weapon formed against us can prosper as Christians. And that means you personally, no weapon that the devil forms against you can prosper and every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication or justification is from me, saith the Lord. Isaiah 54, 17. So we're lifting up this shield of faith and we are quenching every fiery missile that the devil fires at us. And we are taking our stand, as this passage says, having done all to stand, stand, we are taking our stand with Christ in the heavenlies as his children, his sons and his daughters, his chosen, his called out ones, appointed and anointed by God, to be messengers of truth upon this earth. How exciting. And then it goes on. And take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation that protects your thought life. Because that's how the devil comes. He comes at our minds. It's the battle of the mind. He comes with thoughts, lies, deception, seduction 
to try to get us to exchange the truth of God for a lie. But when you are filled with the truth and have wrapped the belt buckle of truth around your waist, you will not receive or accept any lie that comes from Satan. And then it goes on here, and take the helmet of salvation, in other words, guard your thought life. Paul talked about this in many places, one, Philippians 4. He talks about guarding your mind and your thoughts and thinking on that which is pure and lovely and wholesome and worthy of praise, things that are excellent, and not meditating on garbage. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. Paul talks about that again in uh, Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living and active or living and, or, or quick and powerful, the King James. The Word of God is living and active, quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So I tell you, the word of God, how did, how did Jesus overcome the devil in Luke chapter four when the devil came to him in the wilderness to tempt him? Jesus said, it is written, Satan, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Each time the devil came with a temptation, Christ answered it with, it is written, and overcame the devil. And it says after 40 days of fasting in the wilderness, it says Jesus came out of that fast in the wilderness into Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. So as you successfully resist the devil and resist his temptations, you will come out of that period of temptation with power to do the will of God and accomplish his work on this earth. It says that Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's the only offensive weapon that there is there, the sword of the Spirit. But you know what? That's enough. That's all you need is the word of God coming out of your lips in faith. Wow, what powerful weapons. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, Therefore, we are casting down imaginations or reasonings and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and we are bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You know, you don't have to be a punching bag for the devil. You don't have to be a doormat for Satan. When he comes at you with all of his lies, uh, you know, that you're not gonna make it, God's not gonna come through for you, he's not gonna answer your prayers, you're too unworthy, you're too whatever, too weak. It's all lies, because if you're in Christ, if you're uh, born again, and 
The Holy Spirit lives in you. The Bible says you're a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And the Bible says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Wow, that ought to be, you know, life-changing for you and me every day. The Spirit of the Lord is in us and he's greater than anything that is coming against us. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit on the things of the spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Wow. I'd rather have life and peace than death any day of the week. For the mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. And that word life there is Zoe life, God's life. Working, living, flowing through you as you walk in the spirit. Paul said, for, for I say walk in the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Are you wondering how to get free from certain habits, addictions, or whatever? There it is. Walk in the spirit and you'll not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I tell you what, we have a powerful salvation. We have a wonderful redemption in Jesus Christ and we need to learn all about it. The Bible says in Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree in order that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles that we might receive the Spirit, the promise of the Spirit of God by faith. You can receive the Holy Spirit into your life by faith. If you know Christ, you already have the Holy Spirit living within you, but according to the Bible, you can have the Holy Spirit living upon you, within and upon, and then you'll be a real threat to the devil. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. There's a, a verse in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 that says, as he is, talking about Christ, as he is, so also are we in this world. Another verse in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, the one who says he abides in him ought, to, ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. How did he walk? 
and dominion and authority over the devil. In life and faith, not in weakness and unbelief. For the one who's, who abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Wow. We have that opportunity to live the life of Christ. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ in me. Oh, wow. You can actually let Christ live through you. That's what it says in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. It's very personal, your salvation. Jesus gave himself up for you that you might have eternal life. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his stripes you were healed. He bore your sins and in exchange for your sins, he gave you his righteousness, his spirit, his life, his victory. It's all there in the Bible. And we need to study to show ourselves approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing or accurately handling the word of truth. He's a good God. He's an awesome God. He's a great and loving God. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. He's never going to give up on you. So don't give up on him. Learn how to walk in the spirit and you'll not carry out the desires of the flesh and you'll begin to experience all the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness, patience. That's all the fruit of the spirit. The Bible says in Romans 5, verse 6, for the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He's a friend of sinners. And he's a brother who sticks closer than, he's a brother to the Christians. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, it says in the book of Proverbs. Well, I'm, I'm moving along here to verse 18, which is really the summation of this great passage on the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. In verse 18, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And the New American Standard says, praying at all times with all prayer and petition in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. 
We're going to get into this today, too, in the book of Thessalonians, how Paul said to the, that church in Thessalonica that he prayed night and day for them to walk in that place with God that God called them to walk and to fulfill the plan and purpose for their life. But here it says, Paul is exhorting the church here at Ephesus, and this is a circular letter that went to, I think, four or five churches in Asia Minor, but it was addressed to Ephesus, and he says, praying at all times with all prayer and petition in the Spirit, and keeping alert in it, or watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I tell you what, one thing you will appreciate as you go on with Christ is anybody that prays for you. Because all of us need prayer every single day. You say, oh, I don't need prayer. Oh, well, the Bible says, uh, you know, take care because if you think you stand, beware, lest you fall. In other words, don't be presumptuous to think that you do not need prayer or that you are an island to yourself and that you don't need the prayers of other Christians. Because as you go on with Christ and as you walk the walk with him, walking in the spirit, you're gonna need the prayers because prayer releases power and strength to your life so that you can occupy the place of an overcomer on this earth. The Bible says, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. I want to thank you for being with us today. I want to pray for you. In the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone listening to this broadcast today. I release the power of God into your life, the strength of God, and the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you would know the hope of his calling. And Lord, I pray your divine protection around them today. I pray that you'll bless them, increase them, and show them all that you have for them. Thanks for being with us today, tuning in, and be with us next time as we talk about the dynamics of prayer. <laughs> 